Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergr.com. All right. Well, day one, how we doing? Oh. Who stayed up late last night? Tattle on herself. Tattle on herself. Oh, man, but who still got the oil this morning in worship, though? Come on. King Jesus is in the room today. Can you praise him? Come on. Come on. The rest of this can burn in the glory of God as long as he was experienced today. Amen? Oh, man. Well, this morning, feel free to turn the house lights on so I can see the beautiful people, the best looking people between 32nd and 36th Street I've ever seen in my life. But this morning, if I haven't met you yet, it's great to have you here. Welcome to Takeover Church. I'm Pastor Matt, my beautiful wife and Adrienne. We get to, we get to lead this platoon of amazing Green Berets for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Come on. We're my people who didn't come to play church today, but came to be the church today. Where you at? Come on. Come on. We are Christ's bride indeed. Amen. And 2023 is going to be a year marked by that. And it starts today as we enter our first season, our first season. If you weren't here at the beginning of service, I'm not going to run down all this because quite frankly, it's too much going on. So check our social medias, go back and watch service to see what was happening at the beginning of it. But we got a lot going on today. We start our fire fast together. Come on, who's ready to fast? It's going to be awesome. We start a fire fast between now and the 31st. So figure that out with the Lord. And by the way, fasting sin is not fasting. That's called obedience and holiness, you scoundrels, okay? Oh, I'm giving up Pornhub for, you know, 30 days. No, that's called faithfulness and holiness. Amen. So make sure you are going without in the natural, a.k.a. your food, okay? Social media fast isn't a fast. Sorry, it's not. Netflix fast is not a fast. I said I wasn't going to go into this, but the devil's ticking me off right now. Netflix fast is not a fast, okay? It's cool to give up distractions, but that's not a fast. Fast is always physical, okay? It is always going without in the natural what your body needs, okay? But it's not just simply starving and going on a great crash diet. No, it is going without in the natural to always gain in the spiritual. Amen. Come on. You want to get to a place where you have rid yourself of you to hear him the most clearly. Amen. So that's what a fast is. Be about that life. It's going to be awesome. Two, January 29, first fruits fast. Quick pitch. Why we do that is because a lot of churches do a great year-end offering. Amazing. It is our conviction, and not saying this is their heart, but it is ours. We don't give God our leftovers. We give God our first fruits. So we go without, and we pray all throughout January. We seek his face. We go to glory nights on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Everything else is on the back burner for the month of January because it's all about giving God our first. Amen? And yes, it was prophesied over us. We're going to need a bigger boat. Not my private boat, I don't have one of those, and I also can't swim. So don't worry about it. I walk on one, no, I'm kidding, anyways. But no, we'd love to have a place where we can have an amazing kids ministry, where we can, not that we need all this stuff, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a space that is more than just two office sizes, okay? That we can have more than two bathrooms, okay? That we can just better serve our region, amen, and minister to God. So, you know, 
That's what we're looking for. So by the time 2024 rolls around, we love our warehouse, but we are looking to have a bigger house. Amen? Come on. All right. Who is ready to kick off 2023 with the Word of God? Fantastic. Right now, we are kicking off a year-long banner. It is called Fire Upon the Earth. Fire Upon the Earth. Turn to your neighbor and say, Fire! Just like that. You got to hit that hard R, that fire. Come on. Fire. I don't know why we all do that. Fire. But at some point, the Holy Spirit got deep in our bones and we just couldn't help it. But fire upon the earth. Now, I'm not saying that we may not have like other, you know, needed words for the season of our church, for the season of the world, but the Lord's trying to speak other things. But I'm telling you, we are committing ourselves for the next 365 days, starting today, to be committed to experiencing what Jesus says in a verse I'm about to read about the fire upon the earth. So we are giving ourselves to this. There is no greater glory. There is no greater anthem. There is no greater banner. There is no greater series. There is no five-step uh, message to a healthy business and integrity. There is none of that. I am not trying to have influence and win friends. I am trying to disciple the bride of Christ and raise the dead. Amen? Amen. That's what we do here. 2023. Let's get it. Let's go. So the title of my message this morning, if you're taking notes, week one, oh, I sound, I sound, I sound loud or something. I don't know what's happening. But anyways, week one, title of my message, for fire upon the earth. You ready? The burning, the burning, the burning, the burning. Would you just turn and ask your neighbor, are you burnable? No, burnable. Don't correct my grammar. <laughs> Somebody goes, are you flammable? That's not what I asked. <laughs> are you burnable? Who's got their B-I-B-L-E? How many know the book for me? Amen. Oh, we're also going to be doing communion a lot more. The Lord has really broke our heart and set us up to do some great things revolving around the body and the blood Okay, and we're going to be leaning into that so hard in this next season. So just get ready. Get ready. All my keto heads, we will get some keto body for you. But we're going to do it because the Lord has really impressed that upon us, that this is a sacrament that we are to do in remembrance of him when we gather. So we'll be doing that a lot more frequently as a church. All right, the burning, coming out of Luke 12, 49 through 53. If you got your Bibles, you can turn there. I'm coming out of the ESV because that is the only translation for me. Um, if you are reading the King James Version, you should get an ESV. All right, Luke 12, 49 through 53. It's going to be up on the Sky Bible if you uh, don't have a Bible, or you can download the Sweet Dwell app that we showed you earlier and turn there. Luke 12, 49 through 53. Here we go. I came to cast fire upon the earth. And would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished, Jesus said. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No. I tell you, but rather division. I am messing with some theology already. For from now on, in one house, there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided. Father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. What a wild scripture to come out of first of the year. But we're going to get it. Because if it's in God's word, it's for us. Amen. If it's in God's word, he meant it. Amen. If God said it, we can do it. If God said it, we can have it. Amen. Come on, let's 
get after it this morning. Let's pray, and we're going to open up that piece of Scripture and see what the Lord has. Amen? Father God, Jesus, <laughs> Father, we're so grateful for Jesus. We're so grateful, God, that He is God incarnate, that He is God personified. Father, that Your very desire for us, God, it is found. It is found in His scarred hands, in His scarred feet. In his pierced side, his stripped back, back, the, throw, the thorn holes found in his head, God. That while he came with a redeemed, glorified body, when he rose again, God, the scars remained to prove to all of hell and to all of us that when he said it is finished, it was indeed finished. And as long as those scars remain on his body, God, we get to remain in you and with you. And so, Father, I pray today, I pray today, God, that we get a greater revelation of the man from Calvary today, God, the man who was hung on Golgotha, the what good could come out of Nazareth, Jesus could come out of Nazareth, God, today. I ask, Lord, that above all else, above a great church service, above a great worship, above a great message, God, above a great presentation, Lord, I ask for a deeper revelation of the Son of God. Today, God, we're, <laughs> we're through with New Year's resolutions. God, we want a New Year revelation of who you are. Lord, Lord, we've realized that we have, we have dreamed too small. And that, God, your heart for this body and for this church and for what you are doing in our region, God, it doesn't just, it doesn't just begin and end with Grand Rapids, but, God, you, you came to rest and dwell and land in the Midwest, God. That there is a people who are longing to burn for you, God. So, Lord, I ask that you would prepare us for the burning, that you would set us ablaze for your glory, that God today would start something in 2023, God, that our region has never seen, that our region has never experienced, not because of great worship or great preaching, God, or skinny jeans or Instagram marketing schemes, God, no, but it would be something that is marked by the tangible presence of God. The trembling of heaven that happens when your robe touches down in a room, God. Lord, let us be like the elders that said, holy, holy, holy are you, and cast it off their crowns and their cares and laid it all at your feet in heaven. God, that today is a type of bride we exist to be. So, Lord, we consecrate, we set apart. And we give you, God, not just our first, but we give you 2023. We put you in your right place. 
You are our one desire. Lord, we pray today that you know that I'm not just saying it on behalf of this church, God, but you know that every single person at Takeover Church, God, you are our one desire. In Jesus' mighty name, Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do. Make us look more like Jesus in 2023. In Christ's almighty and undefeated name, the whole church said, Oh my gosh. <laughs> the burning. The burning. Now I I'm gonna be honest, I'm I'm uh, I'm disturbed. And most of you are like, we know. <laughs> we can tell. But I'm disturbed. You see, I, I came across this scripture some time ago, and I love the word of God because Jesus himself says, like, the word of God goes forth and it does not return void. Like, there is something new every time that he is always never contradicting himself, just always taking us deeper with himself. Amen? And as he takes us through and as we read our Bible, one year Bible reading plan isn't enough. We need this thing on the inside of us daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. This is the bread of life. Amen? And, and as I'm reading this, it's like I'm seeing it for the first time and I'm understanding Jesus for the first time and he's taking me to this place where I am completely disturbed by this man's words. I'm troubled. I am completely just blown away. You see, there's a lot of talk in the earth right now about who Jesus is, of what Jesus came to do of why Jesus came in the first place. There's a whole lot of opinions. Most of them are not found in the Bible. And if they are, you've read them. <laughs> but what we do is we get past opinions and we get past ideas and we get past this doctrine issues. And I love good doctrine. I love great theology. I am a Bible nerd. Hear me today. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying we get past all of the media, TikTok, bullcrap. And we go to Christ's mouth himself. Jesus, who are you? Jesus, why are you? Jesus, what are you? What have you come for? And we get past all of the opinions, all the man-made ideas, all of our best intentions, all of our innovative answers. And we cut straight to the quick of who he is. And he lets us know right off the jump who he is and why he came. Yeah. See, we don't, we don't need to sit around and debate. He told us himself. And the problem is that we live in a time and place where so many of us, we want to remove Jesus' words from Jesus. Friends, I came to tell you today, if you attempt to separate the Christ from his word, he ceases to be the Christ in your life, and whom you serve is an idol, wish up, discount, dollar tree, Jesus that needs to burn. You cannot separate the Christ from his word. What Jesus says is what Jesus says. 
He meant it when he said it, and he means it now. It's who he is. So all the debating can burn in the glory because Jesus, he goes, I came to set fire upon the earth. And we're all going, that sounds extreme. (laughs) That sounds extreme, Jesus. He gets more extreme. He gets way more offensive. He gets way more appalling to our West Michigan Christian sensibilities. And we'll get to that in a moment. But we have to stop and nest here and understand why we're going to go on a year-long journey of deciding and discerning and going after what God says. When Jesus goes, I came to set fire upon the earth. Well, Pastor Matt, that sounds extreme. Friends? If fire upon the earth, Jesus, sounds extreme to you, it's only because you've never been touched by the flame. If that sounds extreme to you, it's only because you have not been touched by the flame. I don't know what you've tasted and seen and thought was good, but when you taste and see that God is good, he burns your tongue to the touch and he ruins your taste for any other lover, for any other name, for any other affection, for any other glory. But Jesus... And I know I'm intense, and I know I'm, I know I'm probably coming off to some of us like, what is happening? Jesus is happening. Jesus is happening. This isn't extreme. This is the gospel. This isn't too far or too intense or too much. This is Jesus we're talking about. He's the Christ. He's not just a good man. He doesn't just have good ideas. He doesn't just have a good opinion for your life. No, he came to burn you down so that he can build something back in his image and likeness. He says, I came to set fire upon the earth. And I love this because here's the, here's the context. Here at Takeover Church, we say context is king, don't we? Because I'm not trying to take the Bible and wrap it around Matt's opinion of what God says. No, I don't live to tell you my opinion and back it up with God. I die here so that I can tell you what God says and back it up. I'm not interested in him backing up my words. I want to back up his I want to die for his. I want to bleed for his. His words are life itself. And so context being, Jesus is preaching and Jesus is crushing it and Jesus is killing it. And you want to know why? Because everyone's silent and they're all going, this is completely contrary to everything we've heard. And Jesus is going, no, you just never met me before. I'm preaching Isaiah. I'm preaching Deuteronomy. I'm preaching the Torah. I'm going back to what the Word of God has always said. And the only difference is you're finally hearing it from me. You see, last year, (laughs) two weeks ago, I said I I long to be the greatest preacher of my generation. That's, that's That's my goal. Not because I want a mantle or a trophy. I long to do that because I want to be a good steward of what God gave me. 
has nothing to do with being in competition with anybody else. It is me being able to resolve within myself. I am doing my utmost to perfect and, and make the most out of the time that God gave me here to do what he made me to do. But what pales or what, what causes that to pale in comparison to is when God puts me flat on my back and he says, Matt, I love it. Be a good steward of what I gave you. But if you really want to give me a gift, don't just be a great preacher. Build great hearers. Yes. Because faith doesn't come by great preaching alone. In fact, you actually never read that in scripture. Preaching is needed. Preaching is commissioned. Preaching is called. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's a part of it, but it's not the sum total of it. You see, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I can't just be up here trying to be a great preacher, getting oohs and ahs. No, I need to raise up a generation of great hearers, okay? Great hearers. I need you to be able to hear the word of God and then not just be hearers of the word, but then be doers of the word. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Because this is what Jesus is preaching to. The context here when he's crushing his message. He is telling this entire people, it's his disciples, it's Jews, it's Gentiles, anybody around, they're all gathering to hear what the man from, from Nazareth has to say. And Jesus, he's being Jesus, and he's being so offensive, and it's awesome. And I love it. I would have been shouting him down so hard. I would have been like, yes, smack me again, Jesus. I freaking need it. <laughs> oh, that makes way more sense. And he's talking about in this moment of his message about being a readied bride. And you see, I know that we're in West Michigan and end time preaching is kind of uh, a little taboo right now. We're not such big fans of it. Fire and brimstone, what's good off that? Grace and mercy. God is both just and merciful, is he not? He may have drank from the cup of wrath that rightly belonged to us. But friends, that wrath still needed to be poured out, but it was poured out upon Jesus. Yeah. Amen? So he is still just as much justice and wrath as he is mercy and grace. And so I understand that fire and brimstone preaching has gone the way because we're oversensitive and we're self-absorbed and self-absolved and self-obsessed. And so everything's about me, 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 instead of him, 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 him. But it's Jesus who's speaking right now and he's talking about being a readied bride. And the reason he talked about this so much wasn't because he was planning on coming back five minutes after being dead and resurrecting everybody with him and doing the whole thing and ending it all right then and there. It was because he needed to let his bride know no man knows the hour. No woman knows the season. You don't know when I will return, but you need to be ready as if it was tomorrow. Yes. You need to be ready as if it was tomorrow. Why? Is Jesus, is Jesus trying to like Jesus juke us and trick us? Is he trying to ruin and spoil our life and ruin our fun? Friends, let me tell you this. When you have been burned by God, when you have tasted and seen, when you have drank from the cup of wine that is so fine that it both spoils you and burns you at the same time, you can't help but be compelled to get ready. Yeah. 
You can't help but be compelled to get ready because you recognize Jesus took your cup of wrath on your side of the table and he flipped it with his cup of spoils, of fineness, of God's delight, of God's perfection, of this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He switched your cup of wrath for his cup of pleasure and we now get to drink from that eternally. And when you do that, you can't help but get ready. You can't help but get ready. And so Jesus, he is always talking about being a readied bride because one day he's either going to come back and you're either going to be found ready or not, or you're going to die and you're going to stand before God in heaven and you're either going to be ready or not. Either way, he's still looking for a readied bride. He's still looking for a readied bride. And can I tell you, church, a ready bride is a burning bride, is a burning bride. It happens. Babies are great. Stay here. We love it. It's how the early church did it. It's how we do it. It's good. And so Jesus, he's talking about being a ready bride. And then he says that phrase, he says that phrase, I came to set fire upon the earth. And man, we talked about it last year and, and, and it blew my mind where I'm sitting here going, man, if creation that was nothing at the time responded to God's word, which is Jesus. And he said, let there be light. Suddenly from nothing came light. Okay. Are you hearing me? From nothing came light at the, at the whiff of a word of Jesus. Okay. At the whiff of it, the second God got the L out, light began to be birthed out of nothing. And then Jesus rolls on the scene and Jesus goes, I came to set fire upon the earth. And that shook me to my core. And I start looking around. I'm going, where's the fire? Where's the fire? Does creation not still respond to every word, every syllable, every budding of a word of the lips of God? So where's the fire? I came to set fire upon the earth. I started looking at the church in the West. I started looking at the church in the East. I started looking at the church in the North. I started looking at the church in the South. And then it led me upon the map right back to my own backyard, into my home, my house, where I'm called, where I actually have covering over to occupy. And it brought me back to this home. And I started going, are we on fire? Well, Sundays certainly burn pretty bright. And Wednesdays, they they burn okay. But then you got to get past the corporate because this, this, this actually isn't, this isn't the definition of burning. This is, this is what happens when, when fires come together. Which means that you can be living a life of little to no flicker and still come here and appear to be burning. But are you burning? Are you living a life that God can burn upon? Listen, listen, listen. If Jesus says, I came to set fire upon the earth, is there fire upon the earth? And if there's not, why is there not? Because what can stifle, what can stop, what can sterilize the word of God? Well, friends, I'll tell you what can stifle, what can sterilize, what can silence the word of God his people, his people, his bride, his body. Well, Pastor Matt, no, 
well, Pastor Matt, me. If Jesus said, I came to set fire upon the earth, why is there not a fire upon the earth? There's not a fire upon the earth because there's not a fire upon his bride. There's not a fire upon his bride because there's not a desire inside of his bride to have fire upon her. Does your desire of fire attract the fire of God? Ask yourself. Ask yourself, do your desires attract the fire of God? See, if you don't desire the fire, you'll never acquire the fire. If you don't desire the fire, you'll never acquire the fire. You see, God, when Jesus says, I've come to set the earth on fire, cast fire upon the earth. This thing should be a beautiful, burning glory unto his name and majesty. But the only way it gets there, the only way it spreads, the only way it goes out, goes forth and burns and consumes everything in its path is if the bride, his lampstands, is first set on fire for his glory. See, the problem is, though, fire consumes everything. Fire consumes everything. Fire consumes all that it touches. It has to. That's how it works. Problem is, we've got a big church right now who loves the idea of being married to Jesus. We want the benefits of being married to Jesus without the consecration of being married to Jesus. Because what's consecration? Except burning every other desire for every other lover and pursuing the one We've got to consecrate this marriage, and that might make you uncomfortable. That might be some uncomfortable language, but that's what a marriage is. It's not just the ring and the bling and the appearance of a marriage. It's not just the benefits of a marriage, the shared bank account of the marriage, the money of your spouse, the resources of heaven. It's not just the benefits. It's the beloved. But we would... We would rather live in compromise with an appearance of the bride than be consecrated and consumed by our bridegroom. You see, friends, God never asks you for anything without giving you everything. God never asks for an area of your life without giving you an area of his life. Parents, God never asks you for a child without first giving you his child. Hear me today. He came for a burning bride, and the only thing preventing a burning upon the earth, a fire upon the earth kind of reality is you and me. You and me. There will never be fire upon the earth if there's not first fire upon the bride, and there will never be fire upon the bride if there's not first a desire within the bride to burn. To burn. You see, I'm a... I'm absolutely a madman because I've, I've been shook by these, and it's going to sound so funny, but I got these three Bs that I just keep going back to in my prayer time, that I keep just being arrested by. God doesn't let me get off these three Bs. Can I tell you what they are? Broken, burdened, and burned. Broken, 
burdened and burned. And I believe that God is looking for a bride in the Midwest area who will be broken, burdened, and burned for the cause of Christ in the earth. Well, Pastor Matt, what does that mean? You ever talk to someone who's broken? You ever spent time with someone who's just broken? God, everything they do is out of that place of brokenness, isn't it? The brokenness situation comes up in conversation. Every decision they make is from that place of brokenness, so it misses the mark and they tailspin their lives. I mean, everything they do, you can only define as broken. Well, when you put Jesus in that brokenness, well, that sounds pretty good to me. That every conversation, I'm so broken for Jesus, he's just coming up. Every single decision I made is marked by Jesus. It comes out of a place of Jesus. And I just want to say, like, Jesus, break me for your glory. Break me, Jesus. I want my brokenness to be brokenness of you and for you and by you. Break me, Jesus. Do I have a church that will proclaim, break me, Jesus? Break me, Jesus. And then you ever met someone who's just burdened? God, where their soul is weighed down. Their heart is always troubled. And their mind can be, all the distractions can be going on. You could be at a Guns N' Roses concert, supposed to be playing Sweet Child of Mine, and you just keep thinking about what has burdened you. You could be at the greatest symphony of all time. The most beautiful notes could be being played. Angels could be dancing around you, and if you are burdened for the wrong things, your mind just keeps going back to it. But what if you were burdened by Jesus? What if you were distracted by Jesus? What if your soul was weighed down by Jesus? What if your mind just wanted to wander back to Jesus? What if your heart was so lovesick for heaven that everything you did, breathe, talk about, looked at, and strived for with your life was about Jesus? What if you were burdened for Jesus? Can we just say it? Burden me, Jesus. Burden me, Jesus. And then what, a, what about the burning? Have you ever met a burn victim? No, seriously, have you ever met a burn victim? They are disfigured. Their skin is tight and shiny. Every cell in their body has been changed in the part where they were burned that from what was a little bit separated and moving on a cellular molecular level has now been burned and brought in so tight. It's now so tough yet so smooth and so shiny. And guess what? When you see a burn victim, you don't have to get close to them to first know they were burned. You don't have to spend a significant amount of time with them to find out when they got burned. All you do is you look at them and you go, wow, you have been reconfigured. You have been unshapen. You have been undone and you have been made anew. 
And suddenly where you've been burned, what has touched you, has changed you, has tightened you, has made you shiny and smooth, and yet the most durable skin on the planet is that which has been burned. Now that might sound a little bit gruesome, but when you put that in context to a life that's been burned by Jesus, suddenly we're living lives where with the naked eye, people can tell they've been burned by God. They have lived with Jesus. They have been with Jesus. They are tight and they are tough and they are shiny and they are the strongest they've ever been. Look at them. They have been burned. Suddenly the secret place pursuit becomes a public burning. And people don't have to get close to you to find out you're a Christian. You burn. You're on fire. Friends, can I ask you today, if Jesus himself describes himself to John on the island of Patmos in the book of Revelation, he says, I am fire from the waist down in the waist up. Friends, what kind of bride can be married to a man who is fire from the waist down in the waist up, but a bride who is clothed in fire? What kind of bride can look into the eyes of fire, of the burning one, but a bride who has eyes burning her own. See, friends, I have come to convince you today that it's time to burn. It's time to burn. I've come to call you today to be broken, to be burdened, to be burning for the things of Christ, for Christ himself, for whom Jesus is. He has not come for what the church has turned herself into. No, he came for a bride on fire in hopes, in distress, in the call that the earth would be set ablaze for his glory. At one point, this mattered to the church. And at some point, it got a whole lot easier to schluff the burning. Because burning is painful. Being burdened is painful. Being broken is painful. It's, it's inconvenient. And yet, that is what Jesus desires from his bride. I've come to set fire upon the earth. The earth will never burn for his glory if his church isn't burning for his glory. You see, today is anointing Sunday. We do this every first, every time. So at the end of service today, we're going to have that time. At the end of service today, I'm actually going to ask pastors Nikki and Charlie to go and grab the kids' ministry and bring them in here. Not right now, I'll direct you. Because I want parents to actually anoint their children after we anoint the parents. You see, I, I desire that we begin burning in such a way today that we set today up for such an encounter and moment with the Lord that he is just going to be at a place where he has to top himself for what he does in this room today. That each day we live with a taste of what could be, and so we come in expecting of what could be. You see, 
Jesus is talking about fire upon the earth. And then he goes, I love Jesus. He pulls zero punches. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> see, I've got this baptism. I've got this baptism. And this baptism, it's leaving me in distress until it's achieved. It's leaving me in distress. You see, we hear that, and we don't get a whole lot of pictures of Jesus in distress, do we? No, in fact, we actually get two. We only get two pictures of Jesus ever in distress, and this is one of them. One is while he's preaching about his baptism that he brings with us, or with him, and then the other time is when he is in the garden praying at night and going, Lord, if there's any other way this cup can pass, let it be, but if not, for your glory. For your glory, Lord, I will go through with it. There are two moments we get to see Lord Jesus in distress. Problem is, as humans, we always go, well, distress, distress must be fear. No, distress isn't fear. Distress isn't fear. Distress isn't distrust. Distress isn't sinful or evil. Distress isn't proving that he's not the Messiah and he's not perfect and he's not still whom he said to be the Messiah. No, no, no. Distress is simply recognizing the urgency of the hour, the urgency of the need, the urgency of what must happen. You see, Jesus, he's, he's always been. And so Jesus knows what is what it's been, and what it could be again. He's seen it all, done it all, bought the t-shirt and came back with it. He's done it. He's seen it. He knows what you and I, we are actually capable of in perfect relationship with him. But you cannot have a perfect relationship with him without experiencing the baptism of him. Hear me today, you cannot have a perfect relationship with him without experiencing the baptism of him. You see, John the Baptist, he said, I baptize you in water. What is water baptism? Water baptism is the representation of your death, burial, and resurrection in conjunction with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Amen? We can all agree on that. That's what the water baptism represents. I once was dead, go under. Real die, come back up, live. Amen? Water baptism. And then John, John the Baptist goes, but there's another one. And I'm preparing the way for him. If you think I'm offensive, wait till you meet my cousin. <gasps> think I'm weird. Wait till you meet Jesus. Because this guy, he's not just going to baptize you in water and hold you down until you see the light. No, no, no. He is going to baptize you in fire. Yeah. Can you imagine hearing that? Like, oh, ah. <laughs> uh, all right. If he really is God, it's going to work out good. And this is what Jesus is talking about. You see, there's this water baptism that John brings, and then John prophesied, but there is one who is coming, and his name is Jesus, and he will baptize you in fire, which is the Spirit of God in the Holy Ghost. So I got anybody in here who wants to be baptized in the fire of God and filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on. Well, Pastor Matt, I've already been filled with the Holy Ghost. I already speak in tongues. I get it. I love it. That's amazing. Problem is for you and me, we are in the sanctification process, not yet perfected. And guess what happens when you are a broken vessel? You leak. But it's one indwelling and many fillings. Yes, come on. And how can I back that up? If you look at Acts 2, what happens in Acts 2? Pentecost. What happens in X4? Two years later, Holy Spirit, come back. We need you. <laughs> it's a part of us. It's a part of us. 
God always wants to fill us. So, so baptism in the water is a, is a cleansing, is a cleaning, is a death, burial, and resurrection. And now once it's new and clean and made again, there needs to be something that can sustain that newness, that cleanness, that new, that fresh, that again, that living vessel. And that's the Holy Spirit. Amen. And what I love about this is Jesus, he understands the urgency of this. Like he understands there's no way you can live for me if you do not let me live for you. Hear me today. He understands humans. He understands you. There's no way you can answer the call of God in your life. There's no way you can quit watching porn. There's no way you can quit cheating on your spouse. There's no way that you can steward your finances well. There's no way that you can get, beat the gambling addiction. There is no way that you can kick the coke habit. There is no way that you can stop being you doing you without me in you. We can clean this every day, every time, but if I can just exist and live within you, burn you anew. Fire the kiln and burn the vessel again into what he desires you to be. If, there's not, if that's not happening, you will go back to your vomit. And so Jesus, he's distressed. He's talking about being a ready bride. A bride that's not burning is not a bride that's yet ready. A church that's not burning is not a church that's ready. We want to see a mass move of God, we got to start burning. We want to see a mass move of God in our region, we got to start burning. We need to burn so bright individually that we're not coming to get lit on Sunday. We are lit every day of the week with Jesus Christ, you sinner, and we come together. We come together, and we're not just a bunch of little flames. We are all ablaze, coming together as a signal flare to heaven, saying, God, if you're visiting, visit us. God, if you're falling, fall here. God, if you're resting, come rest here. God, if you're landing, if you're touching down, come land and touch us. Lord, we are the burning. We are the burning. We are the burning. We are the burning. You can rest. You can live. You can be here. See, Jesus, he, he cares so much about the fire upon the earth that when he baptized, when the Holy Spirit first came in Pentecost, Fire was dancing above the disciples' heads. He's always been about this. Oh, you think, you think the devil, you think hell gets all the fire? Wait till you see my fire. Hellfire and brimstone. Jesus is like, wait till you see my fire. Wait till you see my fire. That dumb angel, that fool, he don't get anything. I take what he meant for evil and I only turn it for good. I make it glory. And so Jesus, he understands this. And friends, I don't know if you know this, but the term baptism, let me give you a little history lesson, comes from an ancient word, baptismo. Baptismo. It's a great word. It's cool. Do you know what it means? To pickle. Did you know that? Did you know that pickles just don't grow on the ground? They don't. Pickles don't grow in the ground. Cucumbers do. Baptismo is an ancient practice of taking a cucumber and turning it into a pickle. Where, strangest process, the outside doesn't change at all, but the inside, everything changes. Weirdest process. 
it leaves the outside untouched. Still prickly, still hard, still firm, still doing its thing. A little more slippery because you got to keep it in some water. But the inside is completely changed. Different taste, different texture, all of it. And that's the picture that John the Baptist and Jesus and everybody, this is the picture that God was trying to get through. And then Jesus comes on the scene and he goes, no, 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 not only, not only am I going to leave you pickled, but I'm going to change your outsides. Because my baptism fires upon you. Your outside changes. Your look changes. Your demeanor changes. Your cares change. Your desires change. Everything changes when you are baptized with fire. It's not just an inside change that you can keep hidden to yourself, but it is an outside burning that you can't hide if you try to. This is what Jesus came to do. And he's distressed about it until it's achieved. So you're telling me the two times we see Jesus distressed is his crucifixion and when he's telling people, it's crucifixion. What did I just say? Crucifixion. What did I say? Crucifixion. That's a good word. Crucifixion. It's not real. That's good. Because crucifixion. And when he's talking about baptizing in the Holy Spirit. Fire burns, fire consecrates, fire separates, fire consumes. And it doesn't just consume what it's burning upon. In order to keep burning, things must keep being given to the flame. So much so that what Jesus says next is unbelievable. This may offend some of us, but it's only because you've had really dumb pre preachers in your past who did not clarify. See, Jesus goes, do you, do you think that I came to, to bring peace? No, no, I'm the, I'm the prince of peace. I'm the peace. But I didn't, I didn't bring peace. I'm not coming to bring peace. I am peace. I'm peace. Which is why you can go through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil because what? You have peace, not a feeling, a person. And guess what? He's the freaking prince of peace. But Jesus goes, I didn't come to bring peace, but division. Hear me today. Christianity is divisive. Jesus is divisive. You see, the problem is we've had a lot of preachers for a long time preach about being peacemakers, but what they really meant was peacekeepers. But we're not called to be peacekeepers. We're called to be peacemakers. Amen? Listen, listen, our job, hear me today, our job is not to make, hear me, is not to keep the peace between the world and the church. Why would we try to keep peace with a boat that's taking people to hell? I have no, no. I'm not trying to keep peace with that boat. I'm trying to burn that boat. I'm trying to sink that boat. I'm trying to sink that boat, rescue the people on it, and bring them to Jesus. Amen? I'm not keeping peace with a boat that's taking people to hell. 
I'm making peace between the people on the boat and God. Listen, we've, we've got it all wrong. The church, we've, we heard this all through 2020, 2021, 2022, and we're going to hear it more this year. And it's heresy, and it's wrong, and it needs to be damned. Hear me. The church does not exist to bring unity. It doesn't. Jesus doesn't exist to keep unity. No. We bring Jesus and we have unity in Jesus. We don't keep unity between countries. We don't keep peace between races. We don't keep peace between people. We don't bring unity between countrymen and, and outsiders. We don't do that. We have peace with Jesus. So we make peace between people and Jesus. We have unity with Christ. And so we bring people into unity in Christ. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? And I felt so led to preach on this for just a moment because, friends, it has robbed so many people. We're sitting around singing kumbaya with the world that is bringing people to hell. I have no kumbaya with you if you are leading people to hell. If you are leading children to mutilate, if you are leading people to abort children, I have no kumbaya with you. I have your going to hell, and I want to prevent that. Here's Jesus. Here's Jesus. But man, we'll never preach those messages if we're not broken, burdened, and burned. And then parents, this, this is for us. If you're a parent in the room, or you long to be a parent, this is for us. Friends, I love evangelism. I really do, but you got disciples ready to be made at home, and that needs to be taken serious because here Jesus, he goes, listen, 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 not only did I not come with peace, I am the Prince of Peace, I came for division, I came to separate what's mine from what's not. Friends, hear me today, what is it, what's Jesus's will be Jesus's. Hear me, what is Jesus's will be Jesus's. That's what he did. And he goes, so much so, and we don't like this because we're in West Michigan and family's a big thing here. And guess what? I have people who refuse to listen to me on family matters all because I come from a broken, filthy family life. Okay, I get that. I understand that. But I think it's rubbish because I'm quoting Jesus. So hear me today. If anything, I've got more hangups than anybody who came up with a good family, all right? I've got a lot more to work through to see God as a father than most of us do, all right? Because of what I've seen for a father for 32 years of my life now. Hear me. Jesus says, I come to set division. There will be five divided in a family, two against three, three against two. And he goes on to name all the stuff. How do you stop division in your household? You disciple your children. You need to disciple your children. The problem is though, we have been discipling children unto us and not unto Christ. We were in youth ministry for a lot of years and you know what I saw? I saw a lot of calls go unanswered. I saw Jesus wanting a yes from youth and got a bunch of no's in return because they were not discipled unto Jesus at home. Instead, they were discipled unto mom and dad at home. And so when God called them to go, to leave that, to come here, to pursue this, what happened? 
Jesus was left on red with a no because mom and dad's word, mom and dad's feelings, mom and dad's thoughts weighed higher on the scales of the youth than the words of Jesus's. Hear me today. If you disciple them unto Jesus, you never lose them. You never lose them. If you disciple them unto you, you may very well lose them. Why? Because what happens when you die? Do they still have a lifeline to Christ or are you the gateway? What happens if unfortunate sickness or something comes to your home and you go down and you're in heaven? Are they going to be? Have you discipled them unto Christ or were you the gateway to Jesus? We can't be. We have got to disciple them unto Christ in 2023. That has got to be our highest priority. The church of tomorrow is in your children's bedroom. Are you hearing me? This is the highest importance. You have to begin to disciple your children. Teach them to hear God's voice for themselves. Even if it's contrary to your feelings, even if it's not what you want, what's best for them. Why do you want to go to Colorado? Nothing good happens in Colorado because God's calling me to Colorado. What's Pastor Matt's beef in Colorado? Nothing. I have no idea why I picked on Colorado. I should have picked on like Omaha. I don't know. Nebraska. But that's because we need to be more worried about their faithfulness to Christ than their faithfulness to the family. Because if you're not the gateway, but Jesus is, if he's the narrow way, if he's their way, if he's the way, the life and the truth, guess what? Their yes to God means that you'll get eternity with him. Means that you'll see them forever. Means that they will honor you, honor God, honor the home, honor your discipleship. They will honor God all the days of their life. This is why David goes, you gotta train them up in the way they should go and they will not depart from it. But it can't be our way, it's gotta be his way. And that's so much security, there's so much rest in that. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? And that's why I'm gonna ask Nikki and Charlie, worship team, you can make your way up here. Pastors Nikki and Pastor Charlie. In just a moment, I'm going to ask them to go and, and grab kids. Because this is anointing Sunday. You see, the worship team is going to play. And I'm going to invite my core team back up here. And I've got anointing oil, frankincense, myrrh, all the good stuff. And we're going to do this like the mom and dads of our faith did. And we're going to anoint people for the beginning of the year. Why? Because, man, I need a fresh dose of the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit's voice on how to lead my household. I need the Holy Spirit's voice on how to lead my finances. I need the Holy Spirit's voice on how to lead at work. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Like, I need the voice of God active in my life. I can't do this thing without him. You can't do this thing without him. If we're going to see the Midwest have fire casted upon it like Jesus desires, then you and I, we have got to be a people that are burnable. We've got to be a people that desire the fire. We've got to be a people that will say, you know what? Pray over me, stranger. Put some oil on my head. Mark me. Break me, burden me, burn me, Jesus because this isn't recreational. This is resurrection. This is redemption. Christmas 2022, I came to the realization that without the gospel of Christ, I would just be my dad all over again. And on Christmas 
Christmas 2022, there were some revelations of who my father is that changed my life forever. But not that I live in the shadow of who he is and what he's done and the evil incarnate that the man is. No, what changed my life is that I am today more God's son than I am his son. That because of the Holy Spirit's work in my life, the sanctification process, that abiding in his word and abiding in his spirit, that his word is truth and in his spirit, that going with the Holy Spirit has genetically, intrinsically, inside and outside, radically redefined and changed Matt McClure's life. So much so, I don't look a thing like Ted, but I'm starting to look a little bit like Christ. Core team, would you come up here? Core team, large tent, whoever's available, Angie, Micah, everybody, Hamza, yeah, Scott, Zach. Oh yeah, if we can um, remove the communion elements, that would be amazing real quick. Just take them off to the side, Pastor Evan, that's good. So right now, the worship team is going to start singing. We can kill the lights a little bit. Not too dark. I want people to be able to see, not stumbling around. And here's what I want to do. In just a moment, Pastors Nikki and Charlie, if you want to go grab the kids and Miss Annette and everybody who's holding it down and Takeover Kids. Can we just give it up for Takeover Kids workers, by the way? Come on. Unsung heroes. We love them. More than babysitting, it is discipleship happening in those four by eight classrooms. Praise God. Lord, we need a bigger boat for that next generation. Come on. But I'm going to invite you up, and we're going to pray over you. We're going to anoint your head with oil, and we are going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Come find out. I don't care if you feel like you are the most stirred up, prayed up, possessed man or woman by God that's ever walked the earth outside of Jesus himself. You need to be up here. This moment was ordained by God. He knew you'd be here. He knew you'd be in this room. He knew what chair you would sit in. He knew the hair that was on that was left by the person before you. He knew that you would be in this room. And he intends on filling you with himself to a greater measure. And then mom and dad, after you have been, you can bring your kid up with you, but after you have been anointed, prayed over, filled with the Holy Ghost, you bring your little sweet baby with you, and we hand the bottle to you, and you anoint their head, and you pray over them, and we start discipling the next generation right. Amen? So if you would, if lines are fine. Lines are fine. Start making lines. Move to the center. This is God's time. And he is equipping you. He is anointing you. He is smearing himself over you. He is consecrating you. And right now, he longs and desires to fill you with such a mighty power and a mighty work. An undeniable moment can take place right here, right now that will mark and will shape and will separate your 2023 from every other year before. So right now I'm going to pray, and I expect the church to respond. Father God, right now, Lord, we set this moment apart for you, Lord. We say, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Lord, there is no oil left behind today. There's no oil wasted. Lord, what you are doing in this room, God, 
It's going to ignite a people, Lord, that is going to change this region. It's more than hyperbole. It's more than Pentecostal preaching. God, it's more than a demographic. It's more than a genre of churches, God. This is the living word. And right now, Lord, we say anoint our heads. Fill us up, Holy Spirit. Come have your way in this place, Lord. Have your way in our lives. Anoint us. Every one of us, single, young, old, married, widowed, single mother, single father, young person, old person, teenager, grandma, grandpa, whoever God. AV team, you can bring those lights down. Church, you begin to make your way. And I'm telling you right now, God wants to move. God wants to move. I feel it so specific right now as well. There's someone in here and you have been chronically sick for like the last five months. You got this cough that you just can't shake. You got these sneezes that just won't go away. You've been full of green stuff for a while. And I'm telling you, person, right now wants to set you free. You've got a spirit of infirmary around you and on you that has plagued you with sickness. You've drawn attention from it. It's lived on you. It has sucked upon your life. It has stolen from you, robbed you, and left you at the bottom of your faith. And right now, God is saying, if you will come forward, person who has to be able to shake the cough and the sneezes, if you will come forward and get prayed over right now, God will exchange your spirit of infirmary. He will cast out that demon, and he will replace it with a healing ministry. Right now, suddenly, you're going to get anointed for good works, and you're going to begin praying on people, and they're going to be healed. Your prayers are going to be heard. They're going to be answered, because God is so good that he's going to take your spirit of infirmary off of you and he's going to replace it with a greater measure of healing upon you. Right now, again, lines are good. If you guys want to spread out a little bit too, we can go to the flank, to the left, and to the right. It's okay. There's going to be kids and people down at the front, but let's move up and let's open up the altar a little bit more. Let's just start laying hands. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Right now, Lord. Right now, Lord, we want a deeper revelation of the Son of God. So we can look into your eyes of fire. Clothe us with fire so we can be married to the one of fire, God. What could be married to a burning God but a burning bride? In Jesus' name, we will burn for you. Right now, Holy Spirit, fill us, Lord. We are your vessel. We are ready, God. Reignite marriages. Reignite passionate marriages, God. Reignite passionate households that burn with the zeal for you. 2023, Lord. Come, Lord. Burn upon us, King Jesus. You don't need to wait for a pastor to be free. Anyone up here will do. You 
just need the oil and you just need the word of the Lord today. Set me on fire, set me on fire. I'll burn for you, Jesus. Burning, Lord. Set me on fire. Fire, Lord. King Jesus. Set me on fire to burn for you. Right now, Lord, we thank you for your fire. We thank you for your consecration. God, that your fire is replacing our past, that right now you are consuming our past, God. All the impurities are being drawn to the surface, God, and we are being made pure and blameless. We are gold in your sight right now, Lord. We thank you, King Jesus. We thank you, King Jesus. We thank you, King Jesus. It's all being pulled to the surface, God. We're being refined, Lord. The silver's being tested. The gold's being purified. The metal is being firmed, God right now the clay in the potter's hand is being made firm and secure and hardened again lord right now lord we just thank you for the holy spirit circumcising our hearts god you are cutting across the heart of stone to reveal a heart of flesh god you are reigniting men and women burn god burn god burn in the families burn in our homes burn in our college campuses burn in our workplace god lord if your greatest longing is for an earth on fire then start with us god and we will be a burning bride a burning body a burning people lord set me on fire set me on fire Revelation. We desire it, God. We desire it, God. We pray for gifts of the Spirit to be activated right now, Lord. Right now, Lord, for saints to be equipped with healing hands, with words of knowledge that break chains and kill and bury generational curses. Right now, Lord, right now, Lord, we say the sins of the Father, Lord, are canceled because the Son of God, the Son of Man, has stepped in between and he has renewed our family line and a new legacy is being birthed today. Alcoholism dies today. Suicidal thoughts dies today. Drug abuse, spousal abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, spiritual abuse. Abuse came to die in the house of God today. Right now, Lord, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Fire fall. Fire fall. Fire fall. Fire fall. Carnal minds are coming alive to the Spirit of God. Carnal minds are coming alive to the Spirit of God. Ears that have been closed off to hear are being opened again. I want to keep burning. 
If anyone has sickness in their body, come see Prophet Zach specifically in the hat. If you have sickness in your body, let's get rid of that today. Right over here. I want to keep Jesus is interested in cleaning his house today. He is cleaning his house today. Right now, you are the temple. You are his chosen vessel. You are his house. You are his home. He lives and resides on the inside of you, and he came to clean today. We're not waiting for spring cleaning for the spirit to start cleaning. Right here, right now. Resurrection life. Let's go. 